praise team has created an atmosphere that's conducive to the move of the Holy Spirit. Earlier, some of you sensed it and you, people would even come into the altar. Father, now it is in this moment, in this atmosphere that we set our faith in agreement. Let's pray. Father, we, we are who you say that we are. We can do what you say we can do. We believe what you believe about us. Our life is not about us. Our life is all about you and the plans that you made for us from the foundations of the world. So, Father, we yield to you. We believe in you. We trust also in you to bring to pass your perfect will for our lives. And it is in this moment, in this atmosphere, that I declare that we are open. Apostle Tony always talks about being open. Father, we're open now to whatever deposit you want to make in our lives. While I preach the word, I give myself over to you, Father, as a conduit through which the word will flow. You speak through my vocal cords. You think through my mind. You operate through my limbs. I declare that this word goes forth unhindered and unchecked by any satanic or demonic force. It accomplishes those things that it's sent out to do. It prospers in every heart in which it is sown. And Father, I declare that the people that are in this room and those that are watching online, they hear the voice behind the voice. They hear the word behind the word, and they will never be the same. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. And amen. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's think, thank God for the praise team. God bless you. God bless you all our musicians. And let's thank God for Apostles Tony and Cynthia Brazelton. Come on, put your hands together. It does matter where you go to church. It does matter. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's so, uh, it's so much easier uh, to preach when there's an environment that is conducive to the move of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for that. There's a sweet spirit in this room. And so what's going to happen over the next few minutes, uh, because we're a teaching church, and you actually heard it a few minutes ago, that at any time when you can see the word, hear the word, and understand the word, understand the word of God, you can be changed by that word that you see hear and understand, but you got to understand it. Say, I understand. You're saying that by faith. I'm I'm, I have to give you a level of understanding. We're a teaching church. What we do is we're going to teach you the Word of God line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. We're building. Every week we're building upon the last word that you got, and we're just building because we want you to get it. We don't want you to just feel good, have church, high-five your neighbor, do three backflips, say, I got it, oh, glory, and then go home, and by Thursday you forgot what you heard. Some people forgot by Sunday night. And so, so no, we want to pour the Word of God down inside of you in such a way that you can see and hear and understand. And once you have an understanding, watch this, once you have a functional understanding, I know that you will never maximize what you do not understand. But once you have a functional understanding of the Word of God, of the concepts of the Word of God, once you have that understanding, then nobody can take it away from you. Once you have that understanding, then you can walk in that level of understanding. Recently, Apostle Tony was teaching a series entitled Faith relaunched, right? Have you been enjoying that faith? Relaunched, praise God. So, so we are the just and we're supposed to live by faith. Everything that we do 
As a believer, we're doing it by faith. Matter of fact, when we came to God, we got saved by faith. Well, actually, we got saved by grace, but it was through faith. That's Ephesians 2, right? And so we're saved by faith, then we walk by faith, the Bible says, and not by sight. Then we live by faith because we're the just. Four places the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2 and 4 says that the just shall live by his faith. I can't live off of my grandmama's faith. I can't live off of my daddy's faith. I'm the just. I have to live by my own faith. So I'm saved by faith, walk by faith. Pray by faith. Watch this overcome the world by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Everything I do as a believer, I have to do it by faith. Pastor Tony was teaching about faith, relaunched on Tuesday nights. Uh, he and Pastor Cynthia have been teaching about vision. Say vision. Vision and then also purpose. And, and he said that these were key ingredients to progress. If, if, we're not just going to say, we're not a church that just says your progress will have no limits. Look at your neighbor and say, my progress has no limits. But then we want to teach you how to experience progress, right? So there's some key things, some foundational things. So as I was praying over what to share with you this morning, there's some foundational concepts. I'm going to talk about fundamentals of the faith. Say fundamentals. Fundamentals of the faith. There's some Three concepts that I'm going to share with you this morning, Dean, these are foundational. These are fundamental, right? One is grace, say grace. grace. One is faith, say faith. faith. And one is trust, say trust. So grace, grace, everything God does, he does by grace. Everything that we do in response to God's grace, we do it by faith. And then we have to trust God in the process. Another thing we have to trust is trust God's timing. Because the right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. A lot of times as believers, we get frustrated because we get really excited when we get a word on a Sunday morning or on a Tuesday night. But when, when days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months, and sometimes when months turn into years, we give up on what God said. And Galatians 6 and 9 says, be not weary in doing what is right for in due season. The Bible tells me that there's a season when my harvest comes due, right? There's a season when my breakthrough is coming due. And the Bible says that I shall reap if I don't give up. I cannot give up. So there's no quit in me. I'm one of those no quit preachers. You listen to me for five minutes and you're going to feel like you can leap a tall building with a single bound. Yeah, you're not. There's no give up, no cave in, no quit, right? And so, so, so I will never quit. Say, I'll never quit. I'm going to keep believing until I see what God said. I'm going to say what God said until I see what God said. How long are you going to say it? Until I see it. I'm never going to stop believing. I'm never going to stop declaring. I'm never going to stop. Why? Because I'm living by faith. Say amen to that. So we're going to talk about some fundamentals of the faith today. And watch this. While I'm teaching the word of God, this is what's going to happen. Like, 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 like uh, Deanna just did. She popped up. While I'm teaching the word of God, you're going to hear some stuff that I didn't say. Right? So, so the Holy Ghost, while I'm preaching, the, the, the written word of God is logos. Say logos. But the spoken word of God that comes from the Holy Spirit, that's rhema. Say rhema. So while I'm preaching, I'm preaching logos. But at the same time, the Holy Ghost is dropping rhema, right? And so, so that's, why, that's why when I finish preaching, five people could come up to me and be like, oh, my God, Brother Pina, you was all up in my Kool-Aid. It's like you have cameras in my house. Oh, my God, that word was for me. And then and they tell me what they're going through, and I go, praise God. It wasn't me anyway, right? And then the next person comes up, oh, my God, Brother oh, oh, that was for me. And then they tell me what they're going through. It's a whole different, they heard something else. 
You will hear whatever you need to hear. So while I'm preaching, watch, watch what's going to happen. While I'm preaching, people are just going to pop up, start giving God some praise because there's levels of revelation to the word and you are going to hear what you need to hear when you need to hear it. Say amen to that. Amen, amen. amen. So let me talk about these, th- these three things and then after I teach you on each, on grace and on faith and on trust, what I'm going to do then is give you an example that's going to tie it all together. Y'all ready? All right, so what is Grace. Say grace. grace. I, for those of you that know me, my mantra is the grace life. The grace, I take on no pressure to perform. God does everything that he does by grace. Grace is unearned. Now, this is one thing, though, Shawana, is that the common aspect of God's grace that is unmerited favor, that's the kind of grace that most people think about, right? So it's unearned, it's unmerited, it's undeserved. That is the aspect of grace when I do nothing. Say, I do nothing. I do nothing and God does it for me, right? I mean, it's like, I didn't do anything and all of a sudden, bam, God opened the door for me that no man can close. Bam, God closed the door for me that no man can close. I didn't do anything and it's the favor of God. I didn't do anything. And people are tracking me down to bless me. You know what I'm saying? They're tra- God is raising up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help me in ways that I cannot help myself say grace. Right? That is the unmerited favor of God where I'm doing nothing and God is doing everything and I'm resting while he's working and I'm amazed at what God is doing. Say amen to that. Amen. So that's one aspect of grace. Where that aspect of grace is I do nothing. But there's another aspect of grace where I can do all things. <laughs> uh, so, so, so in one aspect, I do nothing. In the other aspect, do not, I, 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 Dean, I do everything, right? In the other one, I can do all things. And so, so in one, I do nothing. In the other one, I'm empowered by God to do what he's called me to do. And there's nothing I can't do. There's no, there's no obstacle I can't overcome. There's no challenge I can't win over. There's no battle I can't win. Because the God is on me and in me and with me and for me. Come on now. And so I'm getting up every morning. Morning, and I know that I can do all things. And so there's this level of grace. The other aspect, I do nothing. And in this one, I can do all things. And so God is in great. He has empowered me. It is God's super on my natural, empowering me to do what I could not do without his super on my natural. And so, so now th- with this one, I get wisdom, download, revelation, knowledge, understanding from above. I can be in a meeting and, and I don't know what to say. Bam. And all of a sudden I know what to say. I got a download from, from above. And then I say, I open up my mouth, Dina, Deanna, I I open up my mouth and I have to write down what I said. Because it was so good, I was like, my God, that's good. Matter of fact, if we was in church, I sow a seed in my own self. My God, that was good. I want to high five myself. And so, Lord have mercy. I'm saying stuff I never heard before. Why? Because it's wisdom from above. I'm empowered to do all things. It's the grace of God. Say grace. And I'm living the grace life. And so I'm taking on no pressure to perform. This is not not about religion or religious activity. This is not about all the things you got to do right. No, 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 no. It's the favor of God, man. I, I just, I'm walking with God. God is walking with me. I'm open. Say open. I do whatever God wants me to do. I go wherever he wants me to go. I say whatever he wants me to say when I get there. I don't know. I'm down for whatever. And so I'm open. God, whatever you want to do is the grace life. I'm not stressing. I sleep well. Now watch this. When you, when you live this way, you will work harder than you've ever worked in your life. But it won't be you doing it. It will be the grace of God doing it. Dean, I looked at your, your itinerary, all these places you're going, that's the grace of God. And so, so all these people getting saved, that's the grace of God. And so what happens is when you're, when you're walking in the grace of God, the Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. He says, it is by the grace of God that I am what I am. Then he thought about it. He was like, wait a minute, I don't want to give people an excuse to be lazy. 
Because grace is not a license for laziness. Right? I don't want, because some people, some people should want to take grace and say, oh, grace, I'm going to sit back. God is going to bring me everything because grace means I do nothing. And Paul said, no, I don't want to do that. So then he comes back and says, but then again, I worked harder than all the other apostles. I'm the guy that went on four missionary journeys. I wasn't even there. When he said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus popped up, I wasn't there. When they was popping fish, heads off the fish, and another head was growing, I wasn't there. But, but, but listen, I felt like I got to work harder than all the other guys because I was persecuting the church. I worked harder than all the other apostles. But that don't sound right either because then it's like, you know, I don't want you to think it's all about me. But then again, he comes, fixes it, and says, but then again, it wasn't me. It was the grace of God through me. And so, so was it me? Yes. Was it God? Yes. Was, was it God? Yes. Was it me? Yes. It's God and me. It's me and God. I get up every morning and my calling is calling me. Every, I get up every morning, my call, listen, nobody has to pump me or prime me or get me excited. My calling is calling me. It's me and God. It's God and me. It's God in me. It's God through me. It's God with me. Come on now. It's the grace of God. Say grace. So everything God does, God does by grace. Two aspects of God's grace, and I, and I embrace both aspects. So now let's talk about faith. Say faith. faith. What is faith? Now, Hebrews 11 and 1 from the Amplified says, the Bible says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for and being the proof, proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality Faith perceives as real fact that, that which is not revealed to the senses. So, so by faith, watch this. How many of you know, for those of you that have been watching on Tuesday nights, Apostle Tony and Apostle Cynthia, they've been teaching about vision. And now they, they, they transition to purpose as well. But on vision, when they were talking about vision, I, I like to use the stage up here. Let's, let's imagine that up here is the heavenly realm, say heaven. And down there is the earth realm, say earth. So, so vision is your ability to peer into heaven from the earth, right? <laughs> or, or let's call it this way. This is eternal. Say eternal. Down there is time. Say time. So we live in time, but, but, but you're able to peer into eternity from time. And so you're able to peer into heaven from the earth. And up here in heaven, all God's dreams for your life are on display. Everything that God planned for you from the foundations of the world are on display. Now, faith is your ability to peer into this realm, from that realm, and then to live in that realm off of the reality that you got from this realm. And then not be moved by what you see down there, only be moved by what you see up here. So living by faith, Jesus, Jesus was always operating like he was on another frequency. You know what I'm saying? Because he was living off of a different reality. He wasn't concerned with the things down here because he wasn't moved by the things down here. Watch this. When you're living by faith, you can actually have things that happen in this realm. Oh, my back is hurting. Oh, this has happened. Oh, I got a doctor's report. Oh, it says I have this disease. At the same time, you hear the Holy Ghost speaking to you something from up there, and now you got two reports. The Bible asks the question, whose report are you going to believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. I remember uh, I tell the story of when uh, Joshua, Joshua's here somewhere. He might be on the camera. Joshua, uh, when he was a, a baby, he had a hole in his heart. 
he had this hole in his heart. And so the doctors, they, they showed me the x-ray and they said, Mr. Pena, don't be alarmed, but Joshua has a hole in his heart, but it's okay, over the process of time, it'll, it'll close up. And so, but we need to monitor it, right? And, and he has this hole in his heart. They showed me the x-ray, I could see the hole. While I'm looking at the hole, the Holy Spirit yelled inside of me, he does not have a hole in his heart. I'm like, oh my God. So now I'm looking at this x-ray and the doctor's standing right here. We were at Madigan in Washington State. I'm looking at the x-ray. I remember we're in this room. This doctor's right here and the Holy Ghost is saying, say he has no hole in his heart. And I'm like, come on, God, you want me to say that out loud? He's like, yes, say it out loud. Say he has no hole in his heart. And I'm like, my son does not have a hole in his heart. The guy's like, come on, man, you look at the x-ray. So he's like, okay. So now up here is saying no hole. Down here is saying hole. Up here, come on now, it's saying no hope. Down here, faith, I'm living off a different reality. So I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, hey, my son has no hole in his heart. He was like, okay, okay, chief, whatever. Like, you know, cuckoo, cuckoo. So, 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 so we leave. And so, so the doctor leaves the room and the Holy Ghost says, beep, tell him that you want to see him in two weeks. So I go back out, me and Isabella, we walk out, we got Joshua. And, and, and it's like, he was in a stroller. And I said, hey, I want to see that same doctor in two weeks. They said, oh, no, he's not available, blah, blah. No, 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 no. I need that doctor in two weeks. Okay, they give me an appointment. I come back in two weeks. I say, hey, they was like, what are you, what are you here for? Yeah, uh, I need you to run the x-ray again. It's like, yeah, chief, uh, it's not going to, I mean, it's only been two weeks, you know. I, I, look, it's going to close over the process. I said, no, run the x-ray now. He was like, well, I said, sir, run the x-ray. He's like, all right, fine. He runs the x-ray, comes back, and then now he got two x-rays. So now he's like, oh, um, mm-hmm, uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on here, but I don't see the hole. Yeah, because my son has no hole in his heart, right? So, so what is faith? Faith is I'm living off a different reality. Faith, watch this, God tells you something, God tells you it's yours, but then, but then something bad happens that, that goes against it Whose report are you going to believe? If, if God really said it, here's the key though. If God really said it, God is not a man that he should lie. God can't lie. Titus says that God is incapable of lying. And so if God, matter of fact, God is so amazing. If God said this carpet is blue, as soon as he said it, it would have to turn blue because God can't lie, right? I mean, so if God said it, it has to happen, right? You have, listen, does anybody in the room have something you're believing God for? Has, has God ever spoken something over your life that hasn't happened yet? Come on, let's give God some praise for it like it's already done. Hallelujah. For those of you watching online, put some testimonies in the chat. All right, all right, so what is faith? Let me give you five working definitions of faith, and then we'll keep going. Faith is the confident assurance that God will do what he said he would do. If, if he said it, I believe it, right? And so faith is the unseen evidence of the things that we cannot see in the natural. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 18 says that there's this unseen realm and then there's the seen realm. And, and Paul says that we should spend time looking at the unseen. Matter of fact, you got to get to the point where the unseen is more real to you than the seen. That's how you know when you're living by faith. You're living by faith when the unseen is more real to you than the seen. Where it's only a matter of time. When you say, I'm healed. God said, I'm healed. I'm healed. Ugh. You're taking that step. It still hurts though. I'm healed. And I'm going to keep saying what God said until I see what God said. And I'm going to believe it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not moved by the seen. I'm moved by the unseen. Three, faith is perceiving as real what you cannot validate with your senses. Watch this. We, we have a, a physical body. This body is an earth suit. Say earth suit. So, Joe, this body is how I communicate with this world. 
And this body has five physical senses. So in this world, when I can validate something with my senses, we say that makes sense. Right? But, but God is spiritual, not sensual. So God doesn't communicate with me through my body. God communicates with me through my spirit because God is a spirit. So he communicates spirit to spirit. God will say some stuff in the spirit that don't make sense. God will say some stuff in the spirit. Watch this. So I have to believe it because God is spiritual, not sensual. Say amen to that. So even when I have no sense realm evidence, faith is an expression of my confidence in what God said. Even when I have no sense realm evidence to support it, even when I have sense realm evidence that's against it. I can, have, I can have financial statements, I can have reports, I can have emails that goes against what God said, but if I believe God said it, I have to believe it anyway. Say amen to that. Amen. And then lastly, faith is your total reliance on God to do what only God can do. I don't know about you, but sometimes God gets me out here, James, on, on what I call crossing the faith line, right? So let's say this is the faith line. Now, now, this is the thing that happens, James. A lot of times, we as believers, we can get excited in our prayer closet, right? God says something to us, we get all excited, and we might share it with our spouse. But we ain't going to tell nobody else, right, because it hasn't happened yet. And so, so people are like, mm, I don't know about that. Because then if you start telling other people and it hasn't happened yet, what if it don't happen? Because then, then, then you're like, mm, what? I might look foolish, like me making announcements before it happens. I don't want to look foolish, right? Here's a principle I learned a long time ago. In the kingdom, almost nothing happens until you announce it. I'm helping somebody right there. I'm helping somebody. In the kingdom, somebody needs to announce something. I don't know who I'm talking to, but in the kingdom, almost nothing happens until you announce it. Like, you've got to declare that thing. And God will get you out there. Watch this. Here's the faith line. Here's the faith line. God will get you out. God, if I say it, come on now. Matter of fact, God will be like, put it on social media. Oh, Lord, not that. Put on, yeah, but God, if I say, okay, fine, I said it. Bam, now I'm out here, God. I, now I can't do it. I'm out here. I done said it now, and I know I can't do it. I can't even make it happen. Come on, God, don't make me look stupid. I'm out here at the risk of looking foolish. But faith is your total reliance on God to do what only God can do. Say amen to that. There's some things God will, if, if you're not totally relying on God, if you're not at the point where you're like, oh, my God, I need you, then you're not believing on the level of, of God. If, 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 let me say it this way. If God tells you to do something, you say you're standing in faith, but it's something that you could do this afternoon, then that's not faith. That's not a vision. Those are instructions. What, what God is looking for from you is not faith. He's looking for obedience. If you could do it this afternoon, then go do it. But I'm talking about stuff that you can't do. I'm talking about stuff that, uh, my God, I'm out here so far. Oh, Jesus. And I'm going to say it, and I have to believe that God will do it. Say amen to that. Amen. Numbers 23 and 19, I quoted it earlier. God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man, that he should repent. If he said it, he will do it. If he's spoken it, God will make it good. God will always make his word good. Say amen to that. So it comes down to what Pastor Tony, Pastor Cynthia was teaching on vision and purpose. It comes down to understanding that God made plans for me from the foundations of the world. My job is to discover those plans. Faith is not about me. Let me, let me explain something about faith. Faith is not about me coming up with something. 
laying out a laundry list before God like God is Santa Claus, saying, God, this is all the stuff I want, and I need you to give it to me. That's not faith, honestly. That's selfishness. James says that you ask. First of all, James said, you have not because you ask not. Then people are like, oh, well, let me start asking. Then James cleans it up and says, but then you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lust. James is saying, God never signed up to give you whatever you want. God signed up to give you what he already gave you. Let me explain. Whatever God gave you, he planned for you from the foundations of the world. So God is looking to give you what he already gave you. So when you pray, God is looking, oh, let me say it this way. Somebody's going to get this. God is looking for you to pray the prayers he already prayed over you. God is looking for you to pray the prayers that he already prayed over you. God is looking for you to repeat his will right back to him. God is looking for you to set your faith in agreement. God is looking for you to believe and receive. Why? Because God's plans for you are already laid out. Ephesians 2 and 10 from the easy to read version. Ephesians 2 and 10 from the easy to read version says uh, right there, God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us new people so that we would spend the rest of our lives doing the good works that God had already planned for us to do. So watch this. There's already some, Dean, there's some things that God planned in advance from the foundations of the world for you to do. And your job now is to find it, follow it, and finish it before you die. Right? So your, so your job is to discover those plans, to develop in those plans, and to deploy into those plans. And now you're just doing what he already did. Right? And so, so now you're walking in the footsteps he already laid out for you. And so when you're doing, watch this. Now, a lot of people, frustration sets in. I'm about to help somebody. Frustration sets in when you're making a demand on God for something that's not yours. So if I'm over here praying selfish prayers, I'm praying for stuff that, came, that I, I was birthed in my heart, not God's heart. I can pray, I can fast, I can believe, I can receive, I can decree, I can declare, I can sow a seed, but it ain't going to happen because I, I can't make God give me something that he didn't already give me. And then what we do is we try to make up stuff and ask God, bless it. Rick, Ricky, we say, God, can you bless this? God is saying, well, that other thing is already blessed. So when I get over here on this path that God already laid out for me, watch this, Dean, I don't have to ask God to bless it because it's already blessed. If I'm doing what he already told me to do, I don't even have to ask God to bless it because it's already blessed. It was blessed from the foundations of the world. Say amen to that. So faith is about submission. Faith is about surrender. Faith is about agreement. Faith is about dying to self. Faith is not about you. Say my life is all about him. Faith is not about you. It's all about him. There are things that God planned for us in advance. Ephesians 2 and 10 says these are works that God planned for me to do from the foundations of the world in advance. Ecclesiastes 3 and 15 says from the Amplified, y'all can throw that up there if you got it, that which is now has already been. So, so watch this. I, I like to use this example. So, so look around the room. Everything you see right now, there it is right there. That which is now has already been. And so, so look around, look around. Everything you see right now, the Bible says, has already been, right? Now, Georgia, that's hard enough for most people to wrap their minds around. But then if you keep reading, that's where people really get messed up. It says, that which will be has already been. And God is seeking that which has passed by. God already saw your life, Georgia, all mapped out. And now when God looks at you, he's looking for what he planned. The text says, so that history or his story 
can repeat itself in your life. So when God said to Adam, Adam, where art thou? It wasn't like he didn't know where Adam was. He was like, Adam, what's wrong with you? I don't see what I saw. And when I look at you, I'm looking for what I saw. See, God is so, such a big God that, watch this, Georgia, God is so big that when God looks at you, his plan for your life is so big. And God is such an eternal God, and he's in eternity, and you're the one that's in time. And so you're locked up in time within the continuum of time, but God is outside of time, and he's in eternity. So when he looks at you, he sees the whole span of your life. Matter of fact, he also sees your children and your children's children because he's, try he's working something in you that your grandchildren are going to walk out. He's, he's working something in you that's going to be to be continued with your children and your children's children. And so when God speaks a word over you now, he's such a big God that he's seeing you and Mike. He's seeing all the kids. He's seeing all the grandkids. And he's working stuff in you that's going to be manifested in them. And so when God looks at you, he's looking for what he planned. And so when God doesn't see what he planned, he says, Georgia, where are you? I need you to get back in alignment. Say amen to that. So faith is about me aligning with what God has assigned me to do. Apostle Cynthia said it this way. It's like God mapped out your whole life and then rewound the tape. Remember VHS? <laughs> rewound the tape and press play when you were born. And now God is looking for what he planned when he looks at your life. Say amen to that. Amen. Say this, say this. Say, I will find it. I will follow it. And I will finish it before I die. Say amen to that. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but this is my declaration, Shawana. I will not die because I'm sick. I will not die because I'm old. I will only die when I'm done. That's it. I mean, when I'm done, I'm going to give up the ghost. When I'm done, I'm going to go. And it won't be because I was old or sick or some freak accident. I'm going to, I got too much purpose locked up inside of me. I, I, uh, Bill Winston said that, oh no, uh, 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 Dr. Miles Monroe said that the, the, the richest uh, soil on the planet is found in cemeteries because people were locked up and buried with their treasure still inside of them. Listen, you gotta, you gotta get out of you what God deposited on the inside of you while you're in the land of the living. Let me give you an example of that. Let me give you a quick example of that. And so we know Elijah and Elisha, right? So Elijah was a prophet, he was anointed. Elisha was, was his spiritual son. Elisha said, Lord, I want a double portion of the anointing that's on my man of God. He said, if you see me when I go up, then you'll get it. He went up and what was on Elijah got transferred to Elisha and so he received it. Elijah went on to heaven and he never died, but the anointing was transferred. Say transferred. Elisha didn't transfer the anointing. So his body was locked up with the anointing still inside of him. Read the Bible. Years later, there was a battle. And in the battle, they had a bunch of bodies. And so they said, well, we got to bury these bodies somewhere. Oh, Elisha's body is right, right here. They dig it up, and then they take this dead body, and they throw it on top of the bones of Elisha. And when the bones, my, my God, when the dead body hit Elisha's bones, boom, the man came back to life. Why? Because Elisha still had it locked up on the inside of him. I don't know about you, but I'm determined to die empty. I'm determined to get out of me everything God placed in me while I'm in the land of the living. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, I'm talking about praying back to God where he prayed over us. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, the Bible says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the boldness which we have in him. That we are sure, watch this, I'm sure, that if I ask for anything or make any request, uh-oh, here it is, according to his will. If I ask for anything that he already gave me from the foundations of the world, 
then God listens to me, verse 15. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that I already have it. Say, I have it. I have it. Why? Because I'm asking for what he already gave me from the foundations of the world. Now, when I ask for something that's not mine, he can't give me something he didn't store up. Say amen to that. I'm trying to get an understanding. Say understanding. That was grace. That was faith. Now let's talk about trust real quick. And then I got to give you an example. Let's talk about trust. So, so when you trust God, you got to trust in his power, yes. Trust in his wisdom, yes. But you got to trust in his timing. Say timing. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, ooh, listen to this. Easy to read. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. They're going to throw it up there for you. There is a right time for everything. Oh, my God. Is this in the Bible? Everything on earth will happen. What? At just the right time. My God, there's a time for everything. Listen, how many times have you asked God, please, God, I need this, I need it, and I need it now. God, please, I need it, and I need it now. And God didn't give it to you when you asked for it. And then later when God gave it to you, he's like, thank you, Jesus, that you didn't give it to me when I asked for it. Because when I asked for it, it wasn't really the right time. But your timing is always perfect. And so, so everything on earth is going to happen at just the right time. I need to trust God's timing. I need to watch I got to trust God's wisdom. So not only is God going to do it, but he's going to do it in the fullness of his timing. Let me give you an example that's going to tie all of this together. Y'all know about Abraham and Sarah, right? Let's take a look at it. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. The Bible says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I'm going to show you. So, so watch this. This is grace. Say grace. I'm going to show you grace, faith, and trust in this story. So here's grace. The man did nothing to earn it. He did nothing to deserve it. Who initiated the contact? God did. God said, hey, listen, son, I, I, I want to do something for you. Verse 2, he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and through you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Whose idea was that? God said, I will. Four times in two verses, God says, I will, I will, I will, I will. This is what I want to do. Guess what? Your name is not Abraham, but God has plans for you too. And God is saying over you, I will do it, son. I will do it, daughter. This is what I plan to do. This is what I want from you. It's not about you. It's about me and the plans that I make. Matter of fact, before you think you chose me, I chose you in him, Christ Jesus, from the foundations of the world. Come on now. And so it's about God. God says, I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. That is the grace of God. Say grace. This was not in the heart of Abraham. This, Abraham never got up one morning and said, you know what? I'm going to be the father of many nations. No, no. That was God's idea. Say God's idea. My life is all about him. Pastor Tony said this. Pastor Tony said, faith is not what happens when you convince God. Faith is what happens when God convinces you. Faith is what happens when you get fully persuaded of what God promised to do in your life from the foundations of the world. So faith is not about selfish desires. Faith is all about God. Now, here's another thing that we got to get delivered from, Joe, is guilt and shame and condemnation. Say this, say this. Say, I cannot disqualify myself from something I never qualify for. So if I never qualify for it, how in the world can I disqualify myself from it? And, and so when you do something wrong, Shawana, the devil comes and says, ooh, you done messed up now. 
You done messed up. You done disqualified yourself. Now you can't have it. You disqualified yourself, but, but hold on. You never qualified in the first place. And so, so God came up with this idea. They're going to be a, a father of many nations. Genesis chapter 16, let me read for you beginning at verse 1 from the Message Bible. So Sarai, Abram's wife, hadn't produced yet. It had been 13 years. Say 13 years. It's understandable. It's been 13 years. They've been waiting. They've been believing God. They've been doing their thing. They've been doing their physical part, but they haven't had no kids yet. It's been 13 years, right? So the Bible says that, that uh, Sarai, she had an Egyptian maid. Isabella don't like when I point this out, but it's in the text, an Egyptian maid. Shawana, she must have been fine. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she was, whoa, she was Egyptian. Lord, have mercy. So it's, like, so it's like, hey, so she goes to her husband and says, hey, baby, what's up? I got an idea. What's that? Well, you know my Egyptian maid, right? Not just the maid, but the Egyptian one. Yeah, I know her. Yeah, it's like, I want you to sleep with her. He said, he's a man. He's like, that's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? He said, Lord, he said, you have heard from the Lord. You know, so I want you to sleep with her and maybe, maybe the Lord will give, will give us a family that way. And so he was like, all right, I'm down, I'm down. And so he slept with her, had the baby. And then, uh, well, she got pregnant first. And then when she got pregnant, here's what happened. Then the Egyptian maid who got pregnant started flaunting the pregnancy. And then she was like, oh, check me out. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. Look who's pregnant. You can't have no babies. You can't have no babies. And so now she starts flaunting the pregnancy, and now it caused an issue in the house. And it caused the issue so bad to where if you read the whole story, she winds up having the child. They actually had to kick the woman and the child out of the camp. And it caused all of that division. Why? Because they came up with a plan B. Look at somebody say, no plan B. Listen, when you believe in God, God can't lie. I don't, know, I don't know who this is for. God can't lie. If God said it, he can't lie. Stop coming up with stuff. If you come up with a plan B, you're going to have to deal with that plan B. That plan B caused them all kind of issues, and that plan B is still calling the, causing the Jews issues to this day. So don't come up with a plan B. Say no plan B. No plan B for me. But here's my point. My point is you can't disqualify. So even though they came up with a plan B, even though he did a bunch of other stuff. He was like, this is my sister, not my wife. All kind of, I mean, like, even though he wasn't perfect, even though he had all kinds of issues, God still blessed him. Say amen to that. Amen. God, God will never turn his back on you. Romans 11 and 29 from the King James Version says that the gifts and the call of God are without repentance. The New International Version says that the gifts and his call are, what's that word? Irrevocable. God can't take it back. Watch this. Unlike, because God is not a man. Unlike men down here, God will never renege. God will never give you a promise and then take it back. God will always, God says, my promises are yes, and, and I'm looking for an amen. He says, in me, my promises are yes, and guess what? I'm looking for an amen. In him, in him, all the promises are yes, and in you, he's looking for an amen. Say amen to that. I'm looking for an amen on the promises. Hallelujah. So you have to trust God's timing. Uh, you cannot be disqualified. So anyway, they didn't get disqualified. Genesis chapter 18. I'll begin reading at verse 9. And so he's, Abram is having a conversation with some gods, and, and, and they said unto him, hey, where's Sarah, your wife? He said, well, she's in the tent next door. And he said, okay. Uh, uh, so one of the guys said, I will certainly return unto thee according, oh, my God, this is what the Bible says, according to the time of life. Say there's a time for everything. So he says, listen, I'm going to return to you according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah will have a son. 
There's no pregnancy test. You don't even have to worry about it. If it's a boy or a girl, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a boy. And I'm going to come back, and in the time of life, she's going to have a son. There was a specific time when this boy was supposed to be born. So he says, in the time of life, she's going to have a son. Let me drop down to verse 14. And so Sarah, was, she overheard it. But verse 14 says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah will have a son. Say, there's a time for it. Everything God spoke over your life, look at me, there's a time for it. There is a specific time for every promise that God has spoken over your life. Your job is to continue to believe God, to have all those things laid out. If you want to have a vision board, put a, a vision board. If you want to have it listed somewhere, put it listed. If you have little stickies all over your prayer room like my wife does, do stickies or three by five cards, whatever you need. But keep it before you. Keep the promise before your eyes. Never give up on God. Never stop believing. Keep believing that God will do what he said he would do. And is according to the time of life. There is a specific time for this thing to come to pass, say amen to that. Amen. All right, now let me wrap this up in Romans chapter 4. So let's go to Romans chapter 4. I'm going to begin reading at verse 17. The Bible says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. And so watch this. He says, so now Abram is almost 100 years old. He was 99 when God said, okay, now it's time. And his wife was 89 when God said, now it's time. It was the time of life, right? And so God says, the Bible says that God calls those things which be not. God is not moved by the stuff down here. He's only moved by what's up there. He says, God calls those things which be not as though they were. So God called them. When, when, when it was time for, him to get, uh, for them to get pregnant, God said, I want you to change your name from Abram to Abraham, I need you to go around and start introducing yourself as a father of many nations. Hold on, we don't have the baby yet, but I need you to say it before you see it. He said, I need you to start walking around saying, no, my name is Abraham, the father of many nations, according to the time of life, right? Verse 18. So now when we get there, verse 18, the Bible says, who against hope, in hope believed. When all human hope was gone, he believed God. Listen, I'm saying, God will wait till the situation gets so bad to where there's no human hope. No human hope. God will wait for, for God, God wants maximum glory out of every situation. Our God is a jealous God. God doesn't want you to give his glory to nobody else. God won't do it in a way that you're going to give the bank credit for it. God won't do it in a way that you're going to give a lawyer credit for it. God will do it in a way that you can only give God credit for it. Say amen to that. God wants maximum glory. Matter of fact, let me tell you a quick story about that, and then I'll get back to the text. I don't have a lot of time, so I'll be quick. I remember Isabella was a supply sergeant. Say supply sergeant. We got married. I was an officer. She was a supply sergeant. I said, baby, I love you, but you, you got to be an officer. You got to do something. You know what I'm saying? We, got, we need you to be an officer. And so, so, so she said, well, I want to be a nurse or uh, what was the other thing? A PA, a, a physician's assistant. So either, watch this. She laid out for me four options. She said nurse or physician's assistant in the Army or out of the army. That's four options. Say four options. That's three too many for me, Dean. That's three too many. So I went to God and I was like, well, I don't, that's too many options. God, what do you want? What do you want? And God said, no, she's going to be a nurse in the army. So I came back and I said, the Lord said, you're going to be a nurse in the army. So instead of four options, now we're down to one. And so now she, she gets her packet together, Shawana. We put this packet together and we're putting it together and, and, and I'm getting it all ready. And I find out that a friend of mine heard that he was a medical officer, medical services officer. He heard that we were putting a packet together. He says, hey, Brother Pena. I said, what? I was Reverend Pena at the time. He said, Reverend Pena. I said, what? He said, he said, hey, 
uh, I know a retired chief of Army nursing. She was the chief of the whole Army nurse corps. She, I, I'm going to get her to write a letter for Isabella to put it in the packet. I said, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. I started giving God glory. Hey, glory. Thank you. Hey, glory. Then I was praying, and the Holy Ghost said, don't take the letter. I said, what? He said, no, don't take the letter. I knew exactly what he was talking about. Because if we took the letter, we was going to be praising that lady. He said, no, 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 don't take the letter. So I go to my friend. I was on Fort Hood, Deanna. I, I, I was in First Cav, and I, I drove down to his unit, and I, and I went to his office. I remember like it was today. And I sat down. I said, hey, man, you know, I, I appreciate. He said, hey, I got the letter for you. It's already in the mail. I said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, but I can't use the letter. I can't take the letter. He said, why? And I told him what God said. He said this, dude, do not get super spooky on me now. <laughs> he said, don't be one of those spooky Christians. I'm telling you right now. Oh, glory. He said, he looked at me and said, I'm telling you right now, if you don't take this letter, Isabella will not be selected. And when he said that, I said, thank you, Jesus. I started rejoicing. He said, you're going to take the letter? I said, no, but, I, but, but I'm going to be talking about you for a long time. And so we didn't take the letter, and she got selected because God wanted all the glory. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might be a father of many nations according to that which was spoken. He, didn't, he wasn't believing God for something he came up with. He was only believing God because of what God said. It was something that, God, listen, God spoke something over your life and you have to believe what God spoke. And so, so you got to believe it. Say believe it. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, oh, here it is. He considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Listen, God waited. The Bible says, I didn't read it earlier, but the, God says, the Bible says God waited until that, that her system was not working anymore. Her menstrual cycle has stopped. I mean, God waited till her stuff wasn't working. The deadness of Sarah's womb. Watch this. She couldn't have babies when she was 17. And God waited till she was 89 to get pregnant. And God, I'm talking about a God that can do anything. There's nothing God can't do. I'm talking about like she, 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 she was already in menopause and God, God gave life to the dead. And the Bible says his stuff wasn't working from the waist down. There was no little blue pill back then. Watch it now. And so, so his stuff was not working. Her stuff ain't never worked. And the Bible says that he staggered, watch this, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. Why? Because he considered not. Let me tell you something. Some of you are considering too much stuff. The devil will give you ideas. The devil will give you, the devil will sow all these seeds of fear and doubt and unbelief. And, and you will stagger not if you consider not. But if you start watching CNN 24-7, start watching MSNBC, you're always glued to the news. You're considering too much stuff. God has given you promises. I remember during COVID, all these people that are born again filled with the Holy Ghost were scared. Trying to try, oh, I ain't going nowhere. Why? You're watching too much stuff. You're considering too much stuff. What are you, whose report are you going to believe? The Bible says he staggered not. Why? Because he considered not. Say, I consider not. Stop considering stuff that God didn't consider. Matter of fact, stop factoring in what God factored out. If you start factoring in what God already factored out, you're going to mess around and put a no where God put a yes. God told the nation of, of Israel, this land is yours. I promise your forefathers to give it to them some 400 years ago. Send in 12 spies. Tell them to bring back evidence. I want people to see how good the land is. One cluster of grapes, Georgia, one cluster of grapes was a two-man lift. 
One cluster of grapes was a two-man lift. They bring back the evidence, but then they said, we are grasshoppers. They put a no where God put a yes. I'm talking about grace. I'm talk grace was, it's already yours. Faith is what they had to believe it. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He believed God. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And verse 21, as I close, verse 21, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Say, I'm fully persuaded. Say, I'm fully persuaded. Say, I'm convinced that everything God has spoken over my life shall come to pass. Before I die. Come on, give God some praise for that. Hallelujah. All right, these three quick things and I'm done. If God planned it, number one, if God planned it for your life, then you have the grace for it. It's already done. In eternity, it's already done. For you, it's only a matter of time. Number two, when God reveals to you what he already did by grace, your job is to believe it by faith. Say, I believe it. And then number three, last thing is, when you understand grace and when you understand faith, then you also got to believe and understand that there's a timing component. So you will trust. Say, I trust God's timing. Say, everything for me will happen at just the right time. Let's stand all over the building. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Give God some praise. Yeah. These are fundamentals of the faith. These are critical concepts. These are foundational teachings. These are fundamentals of the faith. These are things, grace and faith and trust. You got to understand these things. But at any time when you can see the word and hear the word and understand the word of God, you can be changed. Have you been changed by that word that you see here and understand one more time? All right. Let's activate our faith. Faith is voice activated, by the way, so let's activate it. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for revealing to me the plans you made for me from the foundations of the world. I believe what you believe about me. I say yes. My faith says yes, says yes to your grace, and I lay hold of what you've already provided. So I am who you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. And I am becoming who you call me to be from the foundations of the world. My progress will have no limits. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise. All over the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.